0: You're ready to have a social media manager when you're ready to let go of the reins and you're ready to let them step in and completely do their job because you hire them because they know how to do it. So when you're ready to let go and say, okay, I know you got this. That doesn't mean you can't have questions and that doesn't mean that you can't check in and see what's going on and all that, but you have to trust that this professional is going to do this. And I tell people who want to be social media managers, their business is their baby a lot of time. And for a lot of people, Instagram is their storefront. So it does take a lot of trust, but when you're ready to let go of the reins and when you have hard goals in place, and when you have a marketing, some type of marketing funnel set up, you're ready for a social media manager.
1: Hi Offscripters, it's your host, Sewa Ajay Pele, and welcome to a summer refresh of episode 101 of the She's Offscript podcast. This is a show where we hear and learn from women who've created unique blueprints for their business success. My hope is that you'll hear their stories and translate their gems into a unique path for yourself. In today's episode, we meet the CEO of Social Inc. co, Erica Dukes. Five years ago, Erica was unexpectedly laid off from her job. This turn of events freed her up to try her luck at becoming a social media manager. Today, she not only runs her own social media management agency, but also teaches others how to launch and scale agencies of their own. For some business owners, social media is a dreaded task. During our conversation, Erica shares tips on how business owners can approach hiring their first social media manager. She also gives us insight into what it takes to run an agency and much more. Before we hear the rest of Erica's story, I would love it if you could subscribe rate, and review our show on iTunes. This will help to spread the word about our podcast so amazing stories like Erica's can continue to inspire women looking to launch their own off-script journeys. With that, let's go off-script with the CEO of Social Inc. Co., Erica Dukes. Erica Dukes, welcome to She's Off-Script. Thank you for being here. Thank you so, so much for having me. Thank you. I'm so excited to talk about the field of social media management, but for any of our listeners who haven't heard of you or Social Inc. Co., could you share who you are and what you do? Sure. So
0: my name is Erica Dukes, and I'm actually an Instagram strategist. I started off being a social media manager. like I'll manage anything. What do you want me to manage? Your Twitter, your LinkedIn, whatever. And I kind of niche down into social media management. So That included creating content, doing like videos, visiting clients, capturing content for them. Also responding to comments and helping with their brand awareness and basically letting them be hands off when it came to their social media accounts and me just doing the heavy lifting of it and helping them expand their brand online in that space.
1: Oh, wow. That's a lot for one person. That's a lot. We're definitely going to delve into that. But so for you, I know part of your background is that you were unexpectedly laid off from your corporate job, and then you decided to turn that corporate expertise into a business. But before that, how did you even get into the social media management space? So when I graduated college, I was in 2009, and my degree was in
0: journalism, print journalism. I did an internship with The New York Times, and I'm like, I'm going to be working at a newspaper and I'm going to or a magazine." But when I graduated college, that's kind of when social media became a bigger thing. And so I was doing work as like a front desk like administrator, like an admin. And my friend got me a job with a company doing marketing, and part of that job was social media. And I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew that I enjoyed that portion of it. And so I was working there, kind of got into it a little bit, learned a little bit about Facebook. And then I got laid off from that job.
1: Mm, Tough times, right? 2008, 2009. When, When I got laid off from that job? Well, right around that time, I feel like the market was unstable in general. Right. So I ended up landing a job with
0: a company that does high school senior photography. And so... In that position, a part of my position was, a small part was social media. And that was the part that I just truly enjoyed the most. And in fact, I created this whole job description and gave it to my boss and was like, this is what I want to do. And she was like, yeah, no, you're not, we're, not, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. And like, I have put my all into this job description. It was everything that I wanted to do that had to go with social media and how it was going to benefit the company. And one day I came into work as a Friday and I had made my oatmeal and then the graphic designer, who I'm still cool with, the graphic designer said, they want to see you in the other room. And also my logins weren't really working. So I knew i have been fired before, you know, (laughs) I threw away my oatmeal and I go in there and they say, Erica, we're going to go in a different direction. And I didn't say anything. My face, my smile didn't go away. I just looked at them and they're like, well, I don't know if you knew. Like they're looking for something from me. And like I, I tell people like on the inside, I was just happy. I was relieved. I felt relieved because I kept on getting that little bug in my ear. Erica, you need to go. You need to leave. You need to leave. But it's so scary to mm-hmm. you do that. Push out the door. Yeah, And so it got to the point where I think God was like, Look, you're not going to do it yourself, so I'm going to get you up out of here. So I'm looking for jobs in the social media space because, again, that was the aspect of the job that I enjoyed the most. It's the part that challenged me the most in a fun way. And so I have pages and pages of jobs that I just went through trying to find a job. And I had interviews, and I couldn't get one. And then it became fight or flight because I have a mortgage. And at that time, I still had a car note. And so I said I had this thing in my head where I said, I want to talk to this this plastic surgeon that I knew because I needed somebody who could pay my core bills. And I knew, okay, what industry can do that? Plastic surgeons, doctors have money, you know, with money generally, but doctors have money. And so I had this whole conversation in my head of how I wanted it to go. I'm gonna say, Hey, you don't really have social media. You know I have a social media management agency. So I went in there and That's exactly the conversation that I had in my head is exactly how it played out. So my first client was paying me $1,600 a month to manage Facebook and Instagram. And that's how I started by just believing that I can do this. Like I'm going to figure it out. But I think, I don't know if it's Steve Harvey who said the quote, I'm not sure who it was, but entrepreneurship is like jumping off a cliff and building the parachute on the way down. And I'm like, that's what this is. That's exactly what it is. So that's how I landed into social media management, just losing my job, fight or flight. And now
1: here I am four years later, ready to teach other people how to do it. That's bold. And you have to be gutsy if you're going to build a business of your own, but it's one thing to get your foot in the door. And it's something entirely different to actually deliver, right? So that the doctor keeps you on number one. And then number two, maybe even refers you to other people in his network or her network.
0: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So I also wonder, was there something about the way you were brought up or your background that made you comfortable with entrepreneurship as an option? I know you said it was fight or flight, but there are a lot of other routes you could have gone besides entrepreneurship. What's interesting about you ask that is because maybe five or six months prior
0: to landing into entrepreneurship, I remember telling one of my friends, I said, I'm not an entrepreneur. I'll never be an entrepreneur. Because everybody wants you to be an entrepreneur, but that's not me. You, know, you can't make everybody be one. I, I, just, I don't mind clocking in. And I'm like, and here I am months later, a whole entrepreneur. So there's nobody in my family who's an entrepreneur. I knew a few, but nobody who was just like full-fledged making it like super successful at being an entrepreneur. Nobody in my immediate circle. So I didn't really have anybody to lean on and ask, well, how do you do this? So it solely was for me, how I was going to survive. And I was recently talked about, actually yesterday, I was talking to my dad about this. And I said, I think like if all else had failed, I could have moved back in with my parents. But at this point I have been living on my own for like six years. I had my home for like about six years. So going back home was like, what? <laughs> like,
1: it's humbling, yes,
0: but you have to do what you have to do. Right. So that's why I'm like, I know I could have gone back home. But for me, it was like, no, you're a grown woman. You can do this. You can do this. You can do this. But it was my bank. You know, the mortgage is like, okay, okay, we gave you some time. Where does money coming from? So that was like my un- unemployment's running out. And so for me, it was just like, I had other places to go, like should something happen? But I treated it like I did it. That was enough drive for me to keep on going and to figure out what I was gonna do. And like I said, because finding a job wasn't working, and I knew I was, I think it was I was so head, as you say that makes me think, I guess I was so headstrong. I'm doing social media. I did not apply for any job that was outside of that. Every single job that I applied for was for social media. I didn't try any other other skills I had, like admin work or just to, just for the me in the meantime until I could find another job. No, it was like this is what I want. And I stuck to that.
1: I also wonder if in your mind, you knew what you wanted, but when employers were looking at your resume, they were just like, "Eh, have you done this enough? Have you done it enough for us to want to hire you? And the alternative was to build your own, right? So you can prove it to yourself and show that you can do it because they wouldn't give you a chance.
0: Right. And that's what it was like when I was getting the interviews. And I'll tell you a funny story. I had an interview with the company during this period when I was looking for a job, and it came down to between me and another person. And they the other person was a better fit. So cool, fine. That's part of the game. You know, it's what happens. Within a year of my business, I was doing really well. And so the hiring manager, the position became open again. And so the hiring manager called me to come back and interview again. And so I go in. And I interview and they offer me the position. The difference now is that I know what I'm doing. Difference now is that I know how this role goes. So I try to negotiate the terms, like, because I had clients paying me more than they were gonna pay me. I was making more on my own than I would have been making there. So at that point, I said, I'm willing to do this, but as a contract worker, and I will come into the office one day off the week. And now that was on my terms, you know, you you
1: were trying to negotiate entrepreneur terms because you've gotten used to that for a year. I'll come in (laughs) once a week and
0: I'll come in for meetings. But now I know that being a social media manager, it doesn't require you to be in somebody's office That's just not necessary. You can do this job from anywhere unless there are specifics like where you have to be for meetings or there's events going on, that type of thing. But yeah, I tried to negotiate. They weren't with that,
1: but... <laughs> it spoils you a little bit. It spoils you when you are operating on your own terms for so long.
0: It does. And it was, and it also was like a good reflection for me to see how far I, from a year ago when I was so desperately trying to find a job. And then it's like, here I am now. I'm doing well for myself. And it felt really, really good.
1: I love that. And so... As a social media manager, you mentioned that you're doing a lot of things creating content, graphics, writing captions, engaging with followers, answering questions, DMs, comments. That's a lot. So, what did the progression or the growth of Social Inc. Co look like?
0: I started as a social media manager, meaning, like I said, I'll manage any of your accounts. And then, as I started going on, I started niching down, which was so important. And then I realized I don't really like Managing Facebook. I don't want to do Twitter and LinkedIn. I like Instagram. So then I became Instagram management. And then the company, I started transitioning down into well, I really enjoy the strategy part of it. I really enjoy building authentic relationships and understanding behavior on Instagram and what makes people like, what makes people convert, and how Instagram falls into your marketing funnel then I'm more to Instagram strategists. So Social Inc. has a handful of clients, but I'm more so, I love the strategy part of it more so than that day-to-day because it is something I'm teaching my students is that when you start off, you're going to be doing all the roles, doing that graphic design. So I had to learn. I had to teach myself. And that was something that I learned, though, in corporate America. I learned how to do Photoshop, use Photoshop and create graphics and design. So that wasn't a waste of time. Like, all of that stuff mattered. But I am the one. I had to learn how to create graphics. I had to learn how to split up my time to respond to comments. I had to learn how to create a calendar. I had to learn how to hold meetings and do end-of-month reports and all that stuff. So... We definitely started off with everything. And now with my clients, I have a graphic designer who creates all the designs. So I don't have to worry about any of that. They're creating all the designs for my clients. And now as more one-off things for people who do wanna work with me, I do audit Instagram audits to kind of position them and see where they're going, what they're doing right and what
1: they're doing wrong, or where I see some gaps in their content and their flow and their captions and everything. So it's interesting you mentioned that you have a handful of clients that you're doing the management for. Given the amount of time you have to dedicate to each client, how does one scale a social media management business?
0: I think you scale it little by little. So it's starting off with what is it that you don't like to do or don't know how to do? So, for example, with me, graphic design. The time that it will take me to do some graphics, I might as well have just paid somebody. So those are the things I always say, like, what are those things, parts of social media management that are just take up all your time or are hard for you to do? And then you find somebody who can do that for you. Another thing that's really difficult is like the engagement part, engaging with, your niche, your your target demographic, responding to comments that come to the page after you post. Like those types of things are the, the time suckers. And those are the things that people should pay you to do because it, social media is 24 7. You don't get a day off. But definitely, like I said, look at all the aspects. And this is something we, I teach in the, in the accelerator program all the different parts of social media management and understanding that you're going to do it all probably at first. But then start picking apart those little small aspects that you can give to somebody else. And that's how you begin to scale. And you can bring on more clients because you have somebody doing that lifting of the things that don't really work for you.
1: Mm. So at this point, four years in, what does your team look like? So right now, my team is just me and my graphic designer. Wow, how many clients are you able to handle? Because most people are overwhelmed just by their accounts. No, I have my account on lock,
0: thank goodness. The reason why I have my account on lock is because I understand my audience. And I tell people too, if I post more than like three times a week, because people think you have to post every day. When we say be consistent, it's being consistent for your audience. And you have to learn your audience. If I were to post more than three times a week, my audience is going to say, all right,
1: Erica, like that's enough you know, (laughs) they stop engaging with you.
0: Right. Right. And for some people they need to post every single day. I think it's mostly because I have a system down. So, and when you have systems in place, it makes everything so much easier. So my, for my clients at the end of each month, I'm meeting with my clients and we're coming up. I'm asking them, what are your goals for next month? What are you doing in your business? So once I know what they're doing in their business, then I can create goals for the following month. This is what we're trying to push. They have a launch coming out. They have a new ebook or a new freebie. This is what we're trying to push. I then send all that information to my graphic designer and she's bomb. She's been pumping out content, the whole month worth of graphics and everything all at once. And I'm getting everything at the beginning of the month. And so we might have changes here or there, but for the most part, everything is completely done. So then I'm where we're adding in the captions or the clients are adding in the captions. We're getting it approved and at the beginning of the month, we're done and we're just scheduling it out and it's just going out. So at that point, all we have to do is engage on the days that the content is being pushed out.
1: Wow. I mean, I think that's what they tell us all to do is plan the content in advance so that you're not feeling pressed on that day, figuring out what you're going to post. So it sounds like that's what you're doing, but on a larger scale for more clients. Yes.
0: Again, it's learning where, because I'm not a huge fan of creating bulk content because things change so much. So it's like, you can do that, but be willing to adapt and be willing to change and be willing to create content on the fly to keep up with trends or making sure you're doing your stories or you're now reels. If you're doing reels, staying on top of all those things, but definitely having systems in place is going to be key. If you're managing a lot of clients, like for, I won't manage more than five at a time. That's my cap.
1: That makes sense. Mm -hmm.
0: It's more than that. I cannot do it. And so some people can, because they have social media managers who work underneath them and Social income is going to get to that point. I'm just trying to get some other things in order first. As you scale, you can bring on people to solely handle these other accounts and you can bring more on, but don't definitely don't overwork yourself and put these systems and workflows in place so that it's easier for you because the last thing you want to do is stay online all the time. What am I going to post? Oh, I forgot to do this. So It doesn't have to be like that at all.
1: How do you feel about bots? Because sometimes I'll see comments or DMs where I'm just like, this is clearly a bot because there are no followers, zero posts, and yet they're DMing me. How do you feel about those? I think it's ridiculous.
0: And I don't know who's paying for these things, but I'm blocking and I'm, I'm reporting them and blocking them. Okay. Because this is the thing. There's one that's been going around recently. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's like, it's, it's kind of the thing where people will create these fake accounts, DM you to tell you to check out another page. Those are like the worst thing ever. And it's so Instagram craves authenticity and it craves real engagement. So anytime that you're like faking that, Instagram itself is going to catch on and they're going to shut you down. It may take some time for it to catch up to you but they're going to shut you down. It's like, it doesn't take a lot. If you were to take 15 minutes out your day to engage, you can get a lot done because if you go through, let's say you go through three different hashtags that are in your niche and go through those and you comment authentically. If you don't have anything to say, don't say anything. Go to the next picture. If you don't have anything to say or doesn't align with who you are as a brand. But the thing is, if you spend three minutes, going through hashtags. You know how many hashtags you can go through in that amount of time? You go through a lot or a lot of posts and comment. And then you spend time going to your own Instagram feed. Like it doesn't take a whole lot. I think people think they get overwhelmed by the whole thought of it,
1: but 15 minutes, you can get a whole lot of engaging done. So speaking of business owners getting overwhelmed, what is a good time in the progression of a company's growth to take on a social media manager?
0: That's a great question. You're ready for a social media manager when you have your business goals in place. And a lot of times when I say business goals, people confuse that with Instagram goals. So a business goal is going to be in December, I'm having a virtual summit and I want to have 3000 attendees. All right, great. Now I can do something with that. So what I'm going to do is now, because I can create that into an Instagram goal of getting you website clicks, increasing your brand awareness, that type of stuff. So you need to have real goals in place. They don't have to be large scale like that. It could be, I want more email. I want 60 email signups during the month of September. That's a business goal. So you need to have business goals in place. You need to have some type of funnel in place because your social media manager job, it may be just to, you know, keep people engaged online. But ultimately, we all want people to click that link in our bio and to get people to go somewhere else that you want to have a funnel in place. So what happens after I click that link in the bio? What's the next step? So if you're like, well, I don't know, they just go to my website. Like, Are you getting them, you know, (laughs) don't lose them. You've got, their you know, you have emails set up and a lot of times people don't because they just don't know that they need those types of things. But these are things that are going to be helpful for you to have a social media manager. You're ready to have a social media manager when you're ready to let go of the reins and you're ready to let them step in and completely do their job because you hired them because they know how to do it. So when you're ready to let go and say, okay, I know you got this. That doesn't mean you can't have questions. And that doesn't mean that you can't check in and see what's going on and all that. But you have to trust that this professional is going to do this. And a lot of times I tell people, you know, who want to be social media managers, these are these people, this is their baby, their business is their baby a lot of time. And for a lot of people, Instagram is their storefront. So it does take a lot of trust. But When you're ready to let go of the reins and when you have hard goals in place and when you have a marketing, some type of marketing funnel set up, you're ready for a social media manager.
1: So on the flip side, as a business owner, how do I assess what kind of social media manager is a right fit for my business? What should I be looking for?
0: If somebody guarantees you results, run. (laughs) Run. You don't want to work with any social media manager or Instagram manager who's going to guarantee you results. Instagram changes way too much and there's way too many variables for them to guarantee you anything. So you want to work with somebody who has had some experience in your space Or if not, or if you willing to take a chance on somebody who may not have done, for example, a podcast, but they've worked with coaches or they worked with entrepreneurs, if you're an e-commerce brand, you may want to say, hey, well, have you worked with any other e-commerce brands? Some things you want to look for is them asking you what your business goals are. I can't stress how important that is because if you're a business owner on Instagram, you have business goals. You have a bottom line. Instagram is one piece of the puzzle. It's just one piece. It's not the whole thing. So you want somebody who's going to actually understand that. And they're talking a lot about getting you more followers. More than likely, the business owner is going to talk about that. But if, they're, if a social media manager is using that as an attraction tool, like, I'm going to get you all these followers, but followers don't mean conversion. So you want to look for somebody who's really talking about your business and what you're trying to accomplish with your business. They're talking about how they're going to report to you, how they're going to tell you what's going on, how they're going to measure success, those types of things.
1: That's good. Sometimes it can be overwhelming because you're overwhelmed, but then there are also a lot of people out there claiming to be experts in everything. So it's really difficult to wade through, you know, everyone out there and decide who to work with. Yes, I totally understand that. (laughs) So now you've kind of gotten to a different level of your business where you're teaching other people how to launch and scale their own social media management business. So how do I know if I'm ready to go from being a freelance social media manager to building an agency? You know,
0: when you're ready, when you're tired of the nine to five and you really want to just focus on your business or building that agency you know that you're ready if you have like clients that you can't keep and that you keep losing them then you're probably ready for some guidance and probably ready for this accelerator program i think that's some of the things that i've heard from some social media managers it's like they can't find clients or they're having problems just keeping them. It's just like, it's rocky. Like they're just kind of all over the place with it.
1: It sounds like one of the biggest challenge for social media or new social media managers is they can't find clients. So for you, how has that process of getting clients evolved in your business over time? Because you started out with a Hail Mary to a plastic surgeon and how have you refined that process over time?
0: What I ended up doing, this is interesting. I started, when I started on my Instagram account, I still had the corporate mindset and I was still super like polished. And hello. Hello, Barbie. (laughs) If you didn't know, you know, my name is Erica and I do social media management. Nobody cares. And that's not relatable. So one day I said, I'm going to be myself. For example, I enjoy cursing. I'm going to curse on my page because this (laughs) is my business. It's
1: your page.
0: it's mine. Yeah. I can do what I want on this page and I'm going to do it. When I let go of that corporate lifestyle and really realize this is you, you, that's when my followers came. And that's why I tell people, be yourself. And people, I don't know how to be myself. Yes, you do. Talk to your audience the same way you talk to your friends. That's my approach on social media. I talk to people the same way I talk to my friends. And that's what Change my business because people are like, I feel like I'm talking to my homegirl.
1: You attract the right kind of people because it gets easier to speak their language. And when you're selling something right, right away, they latch on. Yes, that is it.
0: Exactly. And that's why it was, it's so important to know who your target demographic is because you know how to talk to them. And it's the key. So once I started doing that, I just started kind of attracting people to the page and a lot of it became word of mouth. And so now it's like, I'm booked and I've been booked for probably two years. And I mean,
1: I may open my calendar secretly like once a year. Just to see who can jump in there really quickly. Cause I know you have a wait list. It'll be like, somebody
0: will email me. and I'm like, I just so happen to have a space open. So, okay. Yeah. Come on in. But, and that's another thing about this accelerator is because I get so many people asking me, I want to create like a referral system where now I can hook you up with and pair you with my students who have been trained by me. Not only that, but because I know my students, I know what they're good at. I know Kim is really great with e-commerce brands and I know she loves that. This person wants a
1: social media manager and they have an e-commerce brand. I can make that happen. I love that you kind of lend your credibility to your students so that it gives them a hand, but it also helps you out in the long run. I often hear that women business owners undercharge for their services. So when it comes to prices, what advice do you have for anyone who's currently building a business in this space? Make it make sense. That's my biggest thing. You
0: have to outline exactly what you're giving people and price it accordingly. And I'm not saying that has to be like some huge number, but there's value and there's perceived value. Like I said, social media is 24 seven. It does not stop. Your client is going to expect on Saturday evening when you're out having a drink or when, you know, whatever you're in the house, having a drink, that comment comes in. They're going to expect for you to respond to that comment. So you need to be paid for that though, you know? And it also has to make sense where if you're going to post to my page, three times a month, I'm not paying you $1,000 for you to post to So it's like, you can't just try to get over on people either. Take the time to truly think about what's included in your packages and what benefit is it going to have for your the client? You have to explain it though. Cause I think that for a lot of people, you know that Instagram is hard if you try to, or social media can be hard if you've done it on your own, you try to do it on your own. You're like, this is overwhelming. I don't know what I'm doing. Every little thing that you're doing, you need to explain that to the client so they they understand the value that they're getting in hiring a social media manager, especially somebody who's trained, especially somebody who really knows what they're doing. There's a lot of work that goes into it. A whole lot of work, a whole lot. Graphic design and talking and coming up with strategy, monthly strategies, however often you do your strategy, it's a lot. And giving results. Like if you can
1: give results, that's a whole nother thing. You better get compensated for that too.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, don't be scared. And another thing I had to learn more recently is with contracts, like you need to have a clause in your contract that, okay, let's say you start off with a company and you're, you're increasing their revenue in three months, you increased it by $500. And then the next month you increase their revenue by a thousand dollars and you're steadily increasing their revenue. Well, you need to have some type of clause in your contract where, okay, at the end of every three months, we're going to reevaluate because the price may go up. It's only fair that if you're giving your client amazing results and you can attribute it straight to Instagram or Facebook or whatever it is you're, you're helping them with, you should be compensated for that.
1: That's smart, especially if it's an e-commerce business. And on Instagram, people can purchase right there. So if you're able to structure things in a way that you're getting direct sales as a result of your efforts, why not? Yes, you're, you're proving your worth the return on investment and every
0: business owner wants a return on investment. So if you are proving that you should be compensated for that. So again, that is something you want to put inside of your contract that we're going to reevaluate this at the end of three months or at the end of six months or however it makes sense for that client.
1: Wow. So Erica, it looks like you've come a long way from trying to get one client to take a chance on you to now having a full wait list and teaching other people how to build their own business. But for you, how will you know when you've succeeded?
0: I know when I've succeeded, when I see my clients getting results. And when I see my clients saying, we hit our numbers or I signed on new clients or we sold out, that for me is the biggest reward in this. Or with my Instagram audits, and I'm getting those messages like, "Oh my gosh, it worked!" I had one client for an Instagram audit, and I had her change her Instagram bio, and we worked through it. And she said it worked. Somebody actually called me to book me for a like a conference, like a virtual conference. Like that for me is satisfying to know that what I'm teaching. When you apply it, it works and you get the results because I want everybody to win at this because believe it or not, Instagram is not hard. You just have to understand how it works and you have to understand your target audience and how they think and how they behave, what their pain points are and how to talk to them without making yourself the hero. So talking to them and allowing them to understand that you understand their pain points and that you have the solution to help them.
1: Everything you said is true, and it's kind of the solid thing to do. But I gotta ask, what are your top three Instagram hacks to get new accounts to that coveted ten thousand mark? Give it to us. How can we do it tomorrow, overnight? Because that's the unrealistic question people ask. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you better have.
1: You have some ads, okay?
0: <laughs> ten thousand followers, get some ads. <laughs> you know what? I always say that I don't do hacks because Instagram doesn't work well with hacks. Instagram works well with strategy. So the best thing you can do is understand why you're on the platform. So if you tell me I want 10,000 followers, let's dig into that. Why do you want 10,000 followers? The real reason why you want 10,000 followers is because you have a launch coming up and you want to be able to sell to those people. So really what you need to be doing is establishing yourself as the authority in this space so that people actually want to get it. Because even if you have those followers, if you don't know what you're talking about or you, don't, you haven't shown that you know what you're talking about, they're not going to buy that when you launch. All those followers aren't going to mean anything. So understand why you're on Instagram and what you're trying to achieve on the platform. The second thing is to actually engage with people
1: and talk to people normal, though. Go to my picture and say, cool, pick. You wouldn't say that in real life. Oh, that just feels so spammy and body. I'm just like, uh, who are you? <laughs> That's, I, be normal, be uh-huh. normal. And the
0: third thing is to show up and show up consistently. And consistently doesn't mean that you have to post every day. What it does mean is show up in your Instagram stories, show people behind the scenes, show people the process of you creating something, show people what you do on a daily basis. You don't have to show your face. You have fun with it. Show people the latest thing you're eating, your recipe. Tell, show them, talk to them about a challenge that you're doing. Talk to them about some mistakes that you've made in your business and what you learned from it. You can lead up to that launch in your Instagram stories too just by giving a little insight, a little behind the scenes. And the beautiful thing I always say about Instagram stories is it doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't have to be especially curated to match your feed. It's the raw, unedited part of you. And that is one of the best ways to make a connection with your audience is just by showing up in your Instagram stories.
1: Love it. Such great advice. Now for anyone who's just like, who is this Erica person? How can I work with her? How can we get in on your accelerator? Or if you have any spots for companies looking to hire on a social media manager, how can we do that too? So first thing, you can follow me on social,
0: Inc., That's on Instagram. And I do have spaces for Instagram artists if you want to work with me one on one. If you want me to manage your social media, your Instagram, I'm sorry, I don't know about that. We'll just have to. (laughs) (laughs) She's booked, booked, blessed, and busy, or whatever they say. (laughs) But I would love to match you with somebody. If you are looking to be a social media manager, I do have an accelerator program. After this, this is the beta launch. So after this launch, I do plan to launch again at the top of the year. So starting the year off, learning some new skills. I want to refine this and make this even better for everyone. But yeah, I'm here and I hang out on Instagram. So you can definitely come over and hang out with me. I talk back. You can look at my comments. I respond to everybody. And if you're spamming, I'm deleting you. (laughs) Blocked give your button i'm deleting (laughs) (laughs) you.
1: well erica i really appreciate all of the gems you dropped on us today and i'm looking forward to hearing how everything goes with the accelerators beta launch thank you so much erica i appreciate your time today thank you it was fun thank you so much Hi, Offscripters. I'm so glad you made it to the end of this episode. If you found this show helpful, please pay it forward by sharing us with your network and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Between episodes, you can find us on Instagram. Our handle is at She's Offscript, or you can catch up on past episodes at She'sOffscript.com. All right. With that, we'll see you right back here next Thursday for another episode. Bye.